Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Troy is joining me. Thank you for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. We are going to do a little Ask Me Anything. We've compiled some questions from you guys on YouTube, on the podcast email, on Talk Tennis message board. We have questions from all over that we are going to do our best to answer. Actually, Troy is going to probably answer most of them. But you know... Yeah, you can give your two cents on the, the uh, situation. Uh, on the situation. You know I love a good like icebreaker. And yeah. this has nothing to do with tennis. And I'm sorry, but it's it's been on my mind lately. Um, what is an essential ingredient for the perfect breakfast burrito? <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> right? Um, what is an essential? Like, what has to be there for it to be the best breakfast burrito? Um, I'm, I mean, obviously, the you know, to be a breakfast burrito, you got to have some eggs. Right. Potato. Probably a little bit of potato. Okay. Some people, you know, prefer... A home fry, like a cubed potato over a hash brown. Some people even put tots or fries in there. Right. I mean, if you're going like pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, out here in California, I know me and you both probably big avocado fans. Yes. So I like some avocado <laughs> in the burrito. Um, a little bit of cheese, sour cream. How do you feel about the bean situation? Because so, some people, yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely like the more like Mexican style breakfast mm-hmm. burrito usually has mm-hmm. some sort of beans or refried beans yeah. in it. So th- that's uh, um, a pretty good start to the day, but it's also usually a pretty heavy burrito. So <laughs> <You're right. laughs> um, yeah, I mean, those are the essentials, but you know, it's all about the way it's prepared a good salsa i was just gonna say salsa is essential i know one of your favorite (laughs) breakfast burritos that you've shared with me yes um actually has cream cheese in it yes and like the peppers usually you get fajitas yes the fajita style vegetables with the cream cheese because it gets all melty oh it's a game changer yeah but um, sometimes if you want to go like a little healthier, like sometimes I'm ordering them uh, from the place in, around here, the breakfast buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll switch it up and I'll go like turkey in there. Turkey, oh, avocado. I've never tried it with turkey. Potato. Oh, the buzz burrito. You know, so it, you know, it kind of makes you feel less guilty than, yeah. you know, bacon or <laughs> chorizo or something really, really gnarly. But hey, you know. Uh, I'll give a fun like flashback. Uh, Andy used to pick up. Every well, this place that we go to every Tuesday, they had do two for ones. Andy would sometimes, this is a while back, pick up burritos for everyone. And I just remember Spencer Bowler's order was like a breakfast burrito, but he removed the potatoes. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because sometimes uh, that can be the big imbalance. It like, was yeah, too bulky, too heavy, maybe. Lots of starch. A lot of starch. Carb, <laughs> you know. And sometimes some you know places put way too much potato. Yeah. To kind of fill it. Yeah. You know. So I I kind of see where he's going there. Yeah. I've I always it. sometimes I'll do it too, but uh. you know. <laughs> Okay, well, that was a good start to the podcast, yeah. I think. Now I'm craving breakfast burritos. But um, let's start with a question that I think a lot of people might have out there. How often should I change my grommets? Oh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah, so, I mean, when it really comes down to it, I mean, the simple answer would just be, like, the functionality of the grommets. So yes, the biggest thing is, you know... Some people will wear down the bumper guard, you know, a lot faster than mm-hmm. others. A lot of people, you know, whether they scrape their uh, the top of their racket, um, going for volleys. Some people even like hit it when they're following through on their serve. Right. I don't tend to wear out my bumper and grommets too much, or, you know, like just from rubbing against a court surface. Yeah, you <laughs> I know we your have rackets <laughs> really nice, um, but I, I know us. some people uh, <laughs> like sometimes I give a hard time to Jay? Jason Wong, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, sometimes he'd like even use his racket to like stop himself while he's like turning directions. I'm like, just shaves. You're gonna wear through that bumper fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, really, what you want to be aware of is just check the bumper of the racket, especially over time. When you first get a new racket, you're usually not gonna have to worry about too much. But check the bumper. 
and you just want to look for where the the plastic meets the actual frame mm -hmm. check for um any of the paint wearing down mm -hmm. graphite exposure like the layer underneath mm -hmm. and you can usually see the the different layers of the paint if it starts to wear through i know some of your old rfs <laughs> yeah. had that going on where like yeah. it goes to the primer and then underneath yeah. so that's that's important for the top part of the racket the integrity um around the the hoop and the bumper but also something uh, especially over time if you have a racket for many years is the actual little tiny grommet pieces throughout the whole part of the hoop mm -hmm. will break start down. to break down and you want to check that for like little cracks okay because once they start uh, the little grommet holes start cracking, um, the string can kind of slip through and, and um, lay up against the sharp edge of the frame. And that's okay. that can cause premature string breakage. Okay. So those that are the things sense. you really want to work for, yeah. uh, look for. Personally, I don't have to change my grommets on my frames that often, but maybe after like a year or so, you know, start checking. Some yeah. people will um, wear through the bumper really, really fast. So okay. it just depends on how heavy duty you are and like how often <laughs> yeah. you scrape your racket on volleys and stuff like that. Okay. And uh, one thing that I think it would be worth adding, especially we've seen like delivery issues the last few years, maybe trying to get people in the habit of buying grommets before they need them. Yeah, yeah, I would say, you know, maybe when you if you are looking to buy your rackets, if you're the type of, you know, tournament player or whatever that buys two or three rackets at a time, you know, when you're doing that big purchase, maybe look on the the website you're shopping hopefully from Tennis yeah. Warehouse and just see if there is inventory. Maybe get a backup or two two backups. I don't think you need to get a, like five or six. That's a little overkill okay. unless <laughs> you have a lot of frames, but maybe just a couple uh, backup grommets if they're available. They're usually pretty cheap, under 10 bucks. Yeah. So um, probably worth it in the long run if you plan on sticking with the racket for, you know, a few years or whatever. I was going to go into another question, but since we're talking about old rackets, there was one that popped up. It said, I'm currently using an AeroPro Drive GT. They got it for Christmas in 2010. So assuming it's the 2010 model, he used it for one tennis season in school, used it once a week for another eight months or so, then quit. He hibernated from tennis until last <laughs> June. Nice. And it says, I've been using it twice a week since then. My questions are, one, do I need a new racket? I love it still, but not sure if anything happens to it if you let it rest over time. And two, what racket would you say is similar to this? I wouldn't mind it being a little heavier. That would actually be a positive. Thanks. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, now that it seems like they're getting back into tennis, yes. playing more regularly, I mean, if they like the racket um, and there's no damage to it or like we were just talking about the grommets mm -hmm. and stuff and like scuffs to the frame or, you know, it's breaking down the structural integrity, the racket will probably play fine as long as, um, you know, usually you'd want to, if you're storing a racket, if it's sitting around for a long time, <laughs> you want to keep it in a in an indoor yeah. climate um a temperature control, control yeah. Don't environment. leave it in your garage. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to probably leave it in the garage, or like inside your house, your closet, room, or whatever. It's usually fine. Definitely don't want to leave it in the trunk of your car. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because those extreme temperature changes will um, have more of an effect on the, the inside of the racket, the fibers and stuff, and, okay. and especially the strings. Um, so it sounds like the racket's probably fine, but it definitely would be if you're getting more serious and maybe playing more competitive matches, you might actually want to look to, you know, upgrade it. And, you know, we're in the business of selling rackets. Yeah. So <laughs> there's definitely some good choices uh, on the market. I would definitely, um, I mean, you know, Aero Pro Drive into the Pure Aero family. Yeah. So you'd probably want to look at the Pure Aero. If you want a little heavier, maybe Pure Aero Tour. Yeah. Most of us really like the VS, even though it's not heavier, it's a little more control and feel and you can always customize. So that's, that's a good place to start. But yeah. then, you know, we have videos, what plays like a pure drive. We've done, you know, other rackets that are power spin friendly. Right. And I think you've done a couple There's of those good ones. And like, if you follow the trend of the color, that might help. <laughs> if you yeah. think, you know. So <laughs> what, what are you thinking? Like? Oh, I was thinking uh, the Dunlop, the yes. SX line, right? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, that would be another great place to start. SX300. Um, I really like the Tour. I mm -hmm. think you did too because yeah. it's it's kind of like the VS. It's a 98, so it's a little more control and feel. 
think it's got a little more weight to it, maybe at like 305 for I the tour so. versus the 300 grams. Yeah. Um, so those are great frames and they're pretty comfortable too because they have that uh, technology, that sonic core. Right. I like um, that. I actually like the SX more than I like the Pure Arrow VS. Personally, I like the feel of it yeah, better. Yeah. 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 Um, and then from there, the next options are obviously going to be like the Head Extreme. Mm -hmm. That's super popular on the Pro Tour yeah. nowadays from Berrettini to Struff to um, all kinds of players. Yeah. Our, our uh, old Team Tita player, Haley Carter, was using it for oh, a long yeah. time. Yeah. It's, it's a really uh, popular yeah. frame. Yeah. Little, little I can't say her name. <laughs> What does she use? Sorry, Barbara. Uh, is her name? Oh, are you talking about Krajikova? Krajikova, yeah. yeah, sorry. She's an extreme user. Um, her. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, said yeah, it yeah. so wrong, it wasn't even the right name. No, no, no. I, got, I knew <laughs> where I you knew were going. Who she was. Because you got the first name right. Yeah. Um, but extreme's a great frame. And then from there, uh, what are some of the other? Uh, V-Core from yes, the Onyx. for sure. Um, great Solid. choices. So you have a lot to choose from. Call a racket experts and they could definitely hook you up with like a demo order if, yeah. if you have that option. Yeah. And so many good deals. I just did a video today and I couldn't believe that one of the, I think it's two generations ago, um, head extreme MP is priced right now $129. Yeah. And I yeah. think we even have a pro version, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's like, that's a really good deal. A really good deal Yeah, right that's now. a great frame so. uh, for that price point. And if you wanted something a little heavier, the Pro is super solid and stable. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of our testers over the years, going back to like Andy mm -hmm. with the old mm -hmm. Extremes. And then I know Eric Meanson loved the Extreme. He, yeah. That was one of his frames, I think, when he came into T-Dub. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. We've gotten this a few times. And it kind of some of these correlate to previous episodes. And there were questions that came out. But... Here we go. Hello, T-Dub. You have mentioned in a couple grip podcasts about a grip stapler, usually in connection with leather grip discussion. I have looked on the internet and locally at every big box home improvement store and local hardware store. No one seems to know where or how to get a smaller staple suitable for tennis grips. Please help me source one if you know any resources. Keep up the great pods. This kind of sent us into a deep dive. I was bothering you about this question the other day, and you just kind of kept researching and finding more information. Yeah. So this is from Shane. Help him out. And I know he's not the only one who has this question. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as far as the actual staple gun, I, I know we do have one here at, at Tennis Warehouse. Um, from my understanding, I don't, I can't remember the name brand of it. I could go dig it up somewhere. But yeah. um, it's basically like a carpenter's staple gun mm -hmm. it's electronic so mm -hmm. it's like pretty heavy duty probably a little pricey mm -hmm. um for most people's need of a the to actually use a staple to put grips on yeah and i'd probably say it's probably not really necessary unless maybe you are running your own customization program or have your own shop and are doing like a lot of grips because right. i think for personal use um we were talking about this the other day mm -hmm. when I do grips, leather grips, uh, Mark Boone, most of our MRTs, they actually don't use the staple gun. Uh, if anything, if they need any help with the adhesive, say from like a fairway or something, mm -hmm. uh, we use double-sided tape, okay. which is like a double-sided masking tape. And we put it strategically in parts to start it yeah. and then throughout the palette if it needs it. But most grips come with an adhe adhesive. Um, and we were even talking like certain um, butt caps nowadays or the, yeah, the, like the Wilson one actually mm -hmm. has the little grooves that are made to start grips. So oh, you, nice. you like, you can slide it in and kind of pull on it. Okay. But getting back to the exact staple gun, if you really wanted one, <laughs> it is a carpenter's uh, staple gun. Um, like the actual measurements of the staples that we had, um, when you're talking about like the crown of the staple, the part that you'll see mm -hmm. when you pin it through the handle, yeah, it's um like I think it was three sixteenths of an inch or around a quarter. Okay, so they're not very wide. Right, you just see like a little tiny piece that's laying above the surface. Yeah, and as far as the length of the legs that actually dig into the pallet, um, it was somewhere like around like a half to five eighths of an inch. Okay, because when you take the trap door off, right? like on a factory. Um, stapled because mm -hmm. they, they use the staples to put a butt cap in. So, right. so that is, if you are changing butt caps, it is necessary for a, a staple gun. Okay. And they usually do four staples for each butt cap. But if you take the trap door out, you'll see the legs of the staple inside the mm -hmm. tubes, you know, like when yeah. you customize with yeah. tungsten putty or silicone. Some people 
Um, so yeah, I would say it's more necessary if you're really doing a lot of customizing, like taking butt caps off, putting a lot of grips on, but if you're just reapplying or putting new grips on, you don't necessarily have to have it. Okay. Good to know. Um, as far as his search (laughs) and also his first search, like at the store or whatever, you should be able to find it at like a Home Depot, a Lowe's, something like that. Um, or just, um, search it online and, you know one of the trade sites, Amazon or whatever, you know, yeah. you should be able to find that kind of staple gun if you really need it. Another question. Shout out to Born Jason on YouTube. This is from the episode where we talked about stringing at lower tensions. Mm. And he asked, didn't quite get why flexible rackets are better to pair with lower tensions. Can someone explain it? And, or can someone elaborate? And I think Troy can. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it was referring maybe to one of the previous podcasts we did where I was talking about, oh, it was the string tension It one. was the string tension Exactly, one. yeah, yeah, sorry. It's okay, we all have bomb There were so many we recorded, I just... Uh, <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I think at one point, I don't know if it was you or Chris, but I actually like kind of feel like it's the opposite for my personal taste, but I, rem- I remember someone stating something about like pairing a flexible racket with either a lower or a higher tension for me yeah. it makes sense to be higher but that's yeah, just yeah. me <laughs> Michelle's like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's better to Control. string tighter with the stiffer racket <laughs> it's better to always string tight just tighter kidding. and stiffer frame everyone loved the discussion of low string tensions and like so many people were like oh i haven't tried that i really want to try that so it was a good chat even yeah no i'm not there yet <laughs> um but in the low tension um talk we had um, there was a part where I was talking about uh, one of the old rackets I used to play with, the Microgel Radical Mid mm-hmm. Plus, when I used to customize it up, weight it up a bit. But there was a point where I was like playing tournaments a lot, and that was a racket I was using. And um, my go-to string at the time was Torbite. Okay. So I was using like the Torbite 16L 1.25, mm-hmm. and I was stringing it like right around 40 pounds, mm-hmm. even like 38, I think. I went down as low. Okay. But um, – Yeah, that racket's flexible and um, pretty low-powered. So that's what I was getting at is the flexible frame, the low-powered frame, and not only that, but the really dense pattern on that racket. Yeah, so so the combination from the string bag. Yeah, because it was pretty dead. Got Um, it. So it was a a 95 head size, tight 1820 pattern, and a flexible frame. Wow. The racket's not really given much energy return. So. By going down that low, um, I felt like I got more pocketing, and it added a little bit of energy return or a little bit of life to the racket. Okay. Um, so that's what I was getting at. I'm not saying that that's the ideal, you know, like it doesn't have you don't have to string flexible frames at lower <laughs> tensions. I was just trying to balance the fact that that was you know so low powered, and also with those 18, 20 patterns, the strings are so tight together with like a th- thick, firm poly right. that you know you really can go low with those because the strings are so close together. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And hopefully that clears it up or allows yeah, it. It's not, it. And, it, and it's not necessarily better per se. It was just my, you know, my better, you know, like you prefer maybe firmer, tighter string bed, um, especially the more open string patterns. Yeah. I, I string those tighter because you're getting a lot more string movement. So nice. Okay. Let's see. This one's a little long. So here we go. This is from Kevin. I'm a middle-aged male, 4045, all-court player returning from a 15-year retirement. Welcome back. (laughs) And I've been suffering from medial elbow pain, initiated from serving for the past nine months. I think I need to upgrade to my older, heavier mid-size sticks, which he lists that he's playing with the Pro Staff 6-1 Classic and the Head Radical Tour. He purchased a, he quotes, new Wilson Pro Staff 97 version 11, the tuxedo, and had it strung at 50 pounds with confidential. And at, let's see, with the elbow pain continuing, though, not as bad, the string tension quickly faded and he picked up a Wilson Blade version 8, 16 by 19, strung it at 50 pounds with Wilson NXT Soft. That's a good choice. Um, since the elbow pain has continued to linger, I picked up the Wilson Clash version two and strung at 45 pounds with Wilson NXT soft. You're going in the right direction, I feel like. This felt good for the first session, then the string seemed too loose. Uh, yep, I would agree with that. Uh, it says I've seen 
a couple different orthopedic surgeons with the same diagnosis. It's medial tendinitis. And I have received an asteroid injection last November, which stopped the pain a couple of days, started on anti-inflammatories, going to physical therapy, but and continuing with exercises, but the pain still seems to be lingering. I tried dropping the tension on the Clash version 2 to 40, which felt better, but the ball control is not great. I've never hit the ball with a lot of spin, so lower tension seemed to diminish what control I have. Any suggestions on string and tension would be greatly appreciated. Wow, Kevin, that sucks. I, that like, that pain I can just imagine is no fun to deal with. And before we answer anything, we do have to say we are not trained medical professionals. Yeah. So we are not giving out medical advice here. But I think Troy might have some good ideas on some different setups and maybe to help regain a little bit control or maybe even a couple rackets that he might want to take a look at. The Clash, I don't know. Maybe that's not the right one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, he does have the right concept going. He kept going with a lower and lower stiffness each racket right. from his older rackets which are heavier um but starting off he said the pro staff tuxedo yes which is a kind of it's a firmer kind of firm, mid yeah. medium to firm yeah. frame probably not the most arm friendly and then especially with like a confidential it's kind of a firm setup yeah um then he went to blade blades great comfortable and then clash which is comfortable but more powerful right um versus the blade which is like comfortable but more precision and control mm -hmm. so you know, maybe he should think about maybe revisiting the blade. I don't, it's tough because, you know, he's experiencing the pain um, in his arm. He says medial elbow, which I believe what he's saying is on the inside part. Mm -hmm. And that's usually kind of linked or termed like golfer's elbow. Okay. Like the lateral uh, epicondylitis is the typical tennis elbow. Okay. So I'm thinking he's kind of got something going on on this side. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. Um, and, you know, I've talked to customers over the phone, uh, on the phone over, over the years, and there were some that just no matter what they tried, it still would linger. Yeah. And there's a certain point where you just, at a point you have to kind of cut your losses and just stop altogether and oh. just take a big hiatus yeah. and, you know, that type of thing. But um, I would say... Some things you should do, maybe um, you were saying, like, maybe consider a different frame. Yeah. We have some great options that are soft, but more control. Like, the Clash is pretty powerful. Right. So, the first thing that comes to my mind, you're probably thinking the same, yeah. like a Prince Phantom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're really flexible frames, but definitely more control and probably would kind of take him back a little bit to more the the classic stuff that he was playing with originally one. Yeah, yeah but softer yeah okay so whether it's the 03 phantom uh 100x mm -hmm. um or just the 100x 305 yeah they're not too heavy right very comfortable good feel um even the the p line there's like the 100p that's a little heavier feeling in the phantom line uh i've actually hit uh, a little bit lately with the 100g Okay. Which is yeah. like the take on the graphite crossbar right. yeah. um, with some weight on it. But pretty much if you're in the Phantom family, it's really, really soft, thin beam. Yeah, you're not going to be getting maybe some of the free power of the Clash, but you'll, you know, be using something really comfortable. You're going to get more control, so you could probably bump the tension up if you wanted to mm -hmm. or just stick with like his NXT, yeah. Technofiber NRG. Um, I would probably stick with something like in the multi-filament to natural gut range. Yeah, stay away from that. Um, <laughs> Confidential, don't go back there. <laughs> but, I mean, when you once you, if you were to try a Phantom and you got used to that really comfortable frame, you probably could start tinkering a little bit more with the string, whether okay. it's just maybe increasing tension a little bit with a soft string, maybe like a really soft hybrid. Yeah. But that's kind of where I would go. What about na a natural gut? And I know like that's going to add power to his setup, whatever he's using. But do you think it would be worth trying natural gut? I think it would be worth at least giving it a shot. Yeah. yeah okay. The investment, whether, you know, most most places early, I think we're selling NXT now for somewhere like close to 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, whether it's going up to like a clip natural gut for a little bit more. Uh, probably my favorite's the Babylon Tonic because it's basically like VS, just a little different in the gauging. Yeah. Um, so it'd be worth it. It definitely would be worth a try. 
Well, he's obviously invested in figuring out how to hopefully get rid of this pain. And yeah. so it definitely, yeah, I think that would be easy. Um, but yeah, and also kind of maybe going like something like the Phantom. And it's not just the Phantom. I mean, there's the head gravity line that's mm-hmm. pretty comfortable, something like that. Um, you've already tried the blade. So maybe he could go back to tinkering with the blade a little bit. But the weight of the racket, too. So right. the Clash is pretty light and maneuverable. Mm-hmm. So maybe just a little bit more weight, not too much, but that could help with stability. Right. So that's another thing to think about is the weight and maybe kind of a little bit of customization going on that could help. And then another thing you want to check for, and he, he may already have it pretty dialed in, is the grip size. So that's okay. something. Yeah. Um, just I making sure that. you have the right grip, not too small. Um, usually um, you want to... St- kind of maybe lean slightly on the bigger side. Mm-hmm. So if it's too small, you're kind of overcompensating all the time with your grip and squeezing down a lot that could cause something and just making sure you have a comfortable grip. You probably don't, if you have the arm problems, you don't want to probably use like a leather grip because that's really firm and hard. Yeah. So there's a little, a few other things to think about in there, but. Okay. Um, Hopefully Kevin, you can make some adjustments and you can let us know that you're all good and hopefully not having to deal with this pain. Cause I, I think most tennis players know how frustrating that is. I know you've got your knee. That's just like, it's so frustrating. Yeah. So, but I do, I do recall maybe if a while back, five, six, five to 10 years ago, somewhere in there, I had a really bad pain in my arm and it was weird. Cause it was not my dominant. It was my, Oh, weird. my right arm. So I would really feel it on the two handed backhand. And there was a point where I just stopped hitting two-handed backhands because it hurt so much. Then I went to just playing no matter what with multis, even Mm -hmm. though I didn't control the ball as well. At least I could still play. Yeah. And then um, kind of the last thing here, and I've never seen seen him play uh, that type of thing, but maybe, and I don't know his level, um, or I'm not judging anything like that, but just maybe really focusing on trying to – perfect your technique as much as possible, yeah. whether it's going to a certified teaching pro um, because the weight transfer, the timing, that right there in itself can make a huge difference. Because I know for me, uh, one of the things that I had to do to fix my arm pain was really um, tweak my two-handed backhand technique and really learn how to hit out in front, transition you know, more of the body into it and mm-hmm. not catch it so late. Cause I think that was, was something that was really aggravating. It. That makes so, sense. Not to yeah. say that techniques, no. everything, but <laughs> it, it could be a big part and yeah. maybe worth investing or For sure. something like that. Yeah. And you guys know, I, there was a comment on YouTube recently about choice technique and like, how could you, I always say you like are the, you're really a master of like breaking down the technique and like, you can watch literally any player and duplicate it. It's really cool. Yeah, I don't know. Just maybe just kind of something I've learned over the years. Started back like when I played football. And Mechanics my, my dad and is a everything. Coach. Yeah, but really just kind of being a student and always trying to like improve or just being open minded to changes. Yeah, some yeah. people, some people yeah, are just that's stubborn. True. Nope, this is how I'm gonna do it. You know. So Kevin, if you want, send us a video of how you hit. And we'll have Troy an- analyze. I don't you. know. Michelle probably could do. Uh, she's. She's been classically trained by some pretty good coaches, right? Yeah, but I'm all about, like, you figure it out. Like, I'm less on technique, and I'm more like, here's the situation. Let's figure out how to make it work for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But on the same token, you wouldn't be able to hit as clean and hard as you do without that training. So Uh, there is something to it, whether whether you you want to admit it or not, you know. This was specifically asked of Troy on our YouTube channel and says, Hi, Troy. I searched your channel for information about manufacturer's tolerances. Would you be able to share that information about various racket brands? I know only a couple that I've seen printed on the rackets. Uh, he gives some examples. Babolat does plus or minus seven grams of weight and plus some, plus or minus seven millimeters on the balance. Technofiber has plus or minus four grams weight and plus or minus four millimeters on balance. But they were curious if you know anything about tolerances regarding Prince, Yonex, Wilson, and Head. And uh, I know it's like, oh, nah, it's nah, kind nah. of like looking do, behind wait, the curtain. Do we even want to crack open that can of worms? <laughs> I don't know, but I kind of like the question. <laughs> do, we, do we need to run this by J-Dub, our uh, 
Also, our racket technician who does everything with our rackets is going to be like, oh, man, oh, man. I, can already, I can already see his response right now. Here's a side question. Someone recently asked to get the professor back on. It's like between the professor and J-Dub, I don't know what we're going to have to do. We might have to like bribe them and lock them in the room because it's not easy, you guys. Like if you start a campaign, that would be great. Yeah. Um, do we want to do we want to get Are you talking about or, spec uh, tolerance? Did you say spec tolerance you talk about specs did someone say spec tolerance it's like the old alan iverson you talking about practice you talking about specs are you talking about specs Um, it's a simple the simple answer is call a racket experts yes give them your extra when you make your purchase give them your your extra ten dollars yes mrt extra and you don't have to worry about it I think honestly, the, no, it's true though. I actually talking about specs. I didn't say this the other day. We filmed the review for the extended whiteout, and that's one that I feel like because the racket can be a little demanding because it's extended. I think it's worth if you're buying two rackets, make sure they're matched. Yeah, easy. And I think that service, just a pair of matched rackets, I think that's a ten dollars service. Yeah. They just find really? two that are matched and done, done. Yeah. And then if you are, uh, you know specifically what you want, it's an yeah. extra. If it's you start 20. getting into what they call a custom service, even though you're not not, not always not adding weight or customizing, right. if it's just a specific number like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, I want a Blade 98, but I want something closest to 325 swing weight or something like that. As soon as you start nitpicking the number and yeah. start it, that's, it's $20. It's that's a little more. But that's like, your best bet. Yeah. And then it's like a deep dive. Like <laughs> we should no. do a day in the life of like the racket MRT guys that are like digging through the rackets and yeah. spec to- making them, not spec tolerating them, but putting them on the RDC machine. Yeah. Um, we can politely just move on to the next question. No, but I, I do. I do have some stuff from back <laughs> okay. in the day. I don't know exactly each brand's like. The ones he mentioned, Babolat and what was the other Technifiber. one? They, I think they listed on the on frame. The rackets, yeah. So the other ones, I don't know their specific variants. Um, I know there was like a wide range that like back in the day was something that they kind of all had to abide by. Mm-hmm. Like it couldn't be any more extreme than this. Okay. But it was like plus or minus 10 grams, uh, plus or minus, I think, three to four points. Okay. Uh, plus or minus like 10 swing weight points. And then I think it was like plus or minus two on the stiffness or maybe three. Okay. But this was like really extreme parameters. Right. Obviously it shouldn't be that extreme. Yeah. But um, I do know like swing weight's a big topic and yes. Prince actually lists on the frame a target swing weight, which a lot of brands don't do because it's really hard to nail that spec because – of just the overall length of the racket, a little bit, a little smidge of graphite in certain mm-hmm. spots can really throw it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but Prince lists uh, has a swing weight, an unstrung, unstrung <laughs> listed on the frame. Um, Babolat has started listing the unstrung swing weight on their website, not on the racket, but if you go to their site, they have a target. Okay. Even though sometimes those targets are really hard to believe. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to give an exact one. I would say that pretty much all the brands have a, have a little bit of variance here and there. You know, Babolat has like their VS rackets that are supposed to be within like... 10? No, it's tighter than that. It's Five? a pretty small window as okay. far as the weight. Okay. But like I said, swing weight is the real mm-hmm. tough one to... I mean, luckily, like on the Prince rackets we just finished, they were pretty close mm-hmm. to the swing weight that they said. It should be, um, but like there's been other ones where like whether it's been RF rackets, there's been, you know, um, it seemed like the Yonex, I think it was the V-Cores. And I mean, for Yonex, you know, they're typically known for the craftsmanship and pretty tight tolerance on specs, but they don't list a swing weight. So you can't pigeonhole them to a certain number if they're not listing it. Right. And what we have on our website or previous years is is an average of our samples. So it's like we've sort of created this spec table on our website that we try to give a real picture, but 
some people get so tied up in that in their head and they think that's the end all be all. And, you know, they come see us at the t- the demo court at BMP or something. They're <laughs> like, oh, what do you think about this? And we just, me and Mark are just like, uh, yeah, we just kind of laugh in your face because we know what it's like to match our own rackets, spec them, you know, whether I've customized your frame mm-hmm. before. And it's really, you need to go above and beyond to kind of get that sort of, sort of range. Yeah. You well, know, and so, then sort there's of tight. like a variance if it's, a quarter grip or three eighths grip or do you have a multi in there? Do you have a poly in there? Do you have like there's so many little things that actually I don't think you realize when you're looking at that one single number and you're like, mine doesn't match. Like, well, yeah, it could yeah. be a spec variance. It could be a hundred other things. Not a hundred. Maybe just a couple other yeah. things. But, yeah. But um, and then like Mark uh, Boone, he he always on the phone. He people call and ask for the service. Or like, how come I can't just get tight specs without having to pay, you know? And he always uses the analogy of like Fed's frames, right? The RFs, yes. <laughs> because he'd get a batch of rackets, and even Roger doesn't even the, get them. Know, he still sends them to Priority One, yes. and if you look, there's pictures of his frames, and you can see the different amount of weights underneath the bumper and different amount of weights in certain little places mm-hmm. to make them match. Yeah, and we're talking Roger, you yeah. know? So yeah. It's like, <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. If you know, you know. Use the service. But use the service. sorry, not sorry we couldn't give you more specific, you know, ranges or but uh I would say that's kind of the information that, that we have. We're just trying to help. <laughs> and so that's a help. Let's see. Okay, this one's another long one. Um I'll I'm a longtime player. Lately, I've started using poly strings, usually strung at 50 pounds in a 100 to 104 square inch head. And I've been having arm problems, even with rackets with low 60 to 63 RA ratings. The thing is, I love playing with dead poly strings. Same. <laughs> I like the strings that the strings don't slide and the spin and the control. As I'm now a senior player, to combat fatigue, I've been trying lighter rackets. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. And finding that lighter rackets strung with full polys are arm breakers. Yes, I would agree. I really, really don't like multi-filament strings. And even Syngut strings are not that arm friendly and don't last that long either. I'm considering lowering the poly tension from 50 to 45 pounds and control and for control, switching to a thicker 15L gauge poly. Thoughts, question mark. Should I even lower the tension? I've been using a poly that's pre-stretched for tension control. I just bought a head gravity light, and so far it's a disaster arm-wise. It's RA is 60, and it's strung at 50 pounds. Same with my graphene touch radical S. The gravity light lacks dampening, though, I do play pretty well with it. I also have a Prince Phantom 100 with the O ports, but it's too much to swing. Suggestions would be appreciated. Many thanks. That's from Ted. Okay. That felt like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's hard to say. I honestly don't know if the lighter racket is really his answer. I don't either. I don't think so. Um, but, I mean, he says the Phantom 100. Is too demanding. Too Maybe too hefty. I, I don't know. Maybe something in between. Maybe look at even like an extended racket to help with power. Yeah, but um, yeah, you're kind of you're kind of putting yourself in a predicament for failure either way. It kind of seems like it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, you could try lowering the tension on the poly. It depends on the racket string pattern and whatnot. Well, and we don't know what poly he's playing with per se. There are some polys out there that are more comfortable than others. So maybe yeah. maybe that. What do you think about going to the thicker gauge? Usually thicker gauges would mean the string's going to be more dead. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be could be worth it if you're going to lower tension, but I'd say usually thick uh, a 16 is a, probably as thick as you need to go anyway. Yeah. Um, he didn't say what exact poly it was? No. Or, oh, okay. Mm-mm. So I'm wondering what poly you're using, Ted, because, but it sounds like you like head, so maybe you're using Lynx Tour, but what have you tried? I would say Lynx Tour would probably be a good one, but yeah, Lynx Touch will be softer, more lively, maybe even a hybrid of the two or right? something. Um, I was thinking like Hyper G Soft. Yeah. Even though it's a little bit softer. What was a, it today? Prince Tour XC? Yeah, or that's XP, the, which XP is XP has one. a little more. Or Vortex. Vortex is the softest. Yeah, Vortex, Vortex. is soft. <laughs> XP is a little more 
Powerful. Uh, energy return. So you might not like XC. The XC, a little XC, more, control. more control. Those are relatively soft though, aren't they? Um, the Vortex, yeah. The Vortex would be the one you want to go for if it's softer. Yeah. XP might bite. might be good for energy return, a little more pop. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe one of those two. Um, but yeah, um, just because really it sounds like with those lighter rackets, if he was maybe in the past playing with something a little heavier, they're going to get pushed around a yeah. little bit more. Mm -hmm. They lack plow through mm -hmm. unless you add weight to the hoop or whatnot. So yeah, I don't know exactly what to tell them. Um, but you know, maybe the, the thing is I'm thinking maybe, maybe not lighter of a racket, but maybe a more powerful frame than the Phantom. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of comfortable. I'm thinking the PWR. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that could be a, that'd be a lot of power uh, for sure. Easy power. It's stable. I feel like some people have gone there after having arm problems. Literally, someone I talked to recently went from a pure drive to, I want to say it was the extreme PWR. And she was having like arm issues, didn't really realize what kind of racket she was playing with with the pure drive and that it was stiffer and then switched to PWR and she loves it. Yeah. Double double specialist. Yeah, that's a lot that's a lot of easy power there. But I was thinking like maybe a little more powerful frame than the Phantom. You know, it sounds like the Clash Pro, something like that. I don't know, maybe that's too heavy for them. Um Well, what about even the new tours? Tour 100? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tour 100, 290 probably wouldn't be uh, that's lighter. Yeah. But still has a decent amount of you know, stability yeah. to it. Yeah. So that probably feel more stable than I think the gravity light he said or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so the new tour 100, uh, would probably be a good one. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking, I was even thinking like that, that extreme pro. Cause I, the one you said that was on sale. Yeah. I don't think it's too stiff, but it's hard to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That would be good too. Yeah. So Ted, keep, um, reaching out. I, this was on YouTube. So we'll be, we'll work you, we'll work through this situation with yeah. him. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I think that maybe I don't know if he's in a demo, but like the Clash Pro, okay, because it's Pro. comfortable, it but is. it's got a little more weight to it. Mm -hmm. Um, another one that probably would be similar would be like the Prince Twist Power Tour. Oh yeah, I always forget about one hundred Tour. Yeah, yeah. And there is there a, there is an oversized one too. Not that I'm saying, but it did say that he liked a hundred to a hundred four square inch rackets. So yeah, the Twist one hundred five, the one hundred five, yeah, and that got good reviews. It did, like it played. More like a, you oh. know, like a solid, like 100 right. square inch, 300 gram racket. Yeah. Like Brittany really liked Brit it. Loved she it. plays with the E-Zone 100. Yeah. So. Here's a quick one we can do. Hi, I was wondering if you plan on selling or reviewing Diadem rackets. And if not, do you have any thoughts on them? As far as selling or carrying them, I'm not too sure about that. I, obviously, that's something that, you know, maybe that's not part of my That's job, not us. But <laughs> um, I do remember hitting with the diadem rackets yes. before or like quite a while back and uh from my recollections um there was like two models i think one of them was more like a pure drive i think that might have been like the nova okay. or something like that and then there was another one it might have been just called the tour but it was more like a kind of a little bit more of a player's beam kind of like a okay. maybe along the lines of like a blade or um Pro staffish okay. or strikeish, kind of like that style frame. TF1. Yeah. And I do remember that one uh, was pretty, pretty nice. It wasn't too bad. Um, nothing really like stood out, like, oh my God, this is a game changing. But it yeah. was like, you could tell, you know, had, you know, probably mostly graphite, just solid frame. Yeah. Um, I think it had a pretty open pattern. So it was kind of reminded me of like an old Babylon pure control. Okay. Uh, nice. Or like pure stormish yeah. kind of kind of frame. Yeah. So. So you never know. They might come in. It seems like we had no glaring issues with them. I do remember hitting them. I thought the paint jobs were pretty cool, if I'm remembering. Correctly. Definitely one of them was like obviously like, like, a their, teal? like their turquoise. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. Their string, the yeah. solstice or yeah. Kind of different. Let's try to get a few more in. Hi, T-Dub. This is from Ryan. I'm looking for a new racket since my third gen Pure Strike 16 by 19 broke. I really like the Pure Strike, 
but I would have preferred a little more feel. We get you. I'm stuck between the Slinko Whiteout 305 and the Head Extreme Tour. I tried the Pure Aero VS. It was too stiff and had a weird beam. And the Head Gravity Pro, which was too sluggish. I hit somewhat flat with a semi-Western grip, but I can hit with a lot of spin as well. I'm a 5.0 NTRP. Please let me know which racket you think would be better. I'm leaning towards the Whiteout, but I haven't heard such good things about... I'm leaning towards the wideout, but I have heard such good things about the extreme tour. So I don't know. Thanks. Did did the racket break or did it get broken? I know. Not sure. <laughs> that's what I uh, just to, kidding. Well, that's what um, we need to know. Ryan, let us know. <laughs> but uh, actually, the first thing I was thinking, I know he he's kind of kind of picking between two, um, both pretty good rackets. Um, we've hit with the wideout a lot lately, whether yeah. it's standard length or extended. So pretty solid. Kind of has a nice, like, firm but solid feel. Um, so I'd say the stiffness, if he liked the stiffness of the Pure Strike, the whiteout could potentially be yeah. right up his alley. Yeah. Um, but also the Extreme Tour is also kind of medium firm as well. Um, I felt like in stock form, the Extreme Tour was a little more, like, lower swing weight kind of maneuverable feel compared to, like, a Pure Strike and maybe even compared to like the white out. So okay. that one might need a little customization if he likes the higher swing weight. Yeah. Um, but the extreme tours are pretty good racket and spin friendly, nice. you know, so I don't think he could really go wrong with either. I think maybe he needs one to of try them. Um, <laughs> but the racket I was thinking was if he wanted a little more feel than the pure strike, one of my favorites is a TF40. I knew you were going to say that too. And yeah. the previous generation is on sale right now, like at an insane price too. Yeah. So the previous generation's great they're not huge differences between the two um the only thing i'm thinking is that the older model it only came in 1820 mm -hmm. so there would i think he was using 1619 so that right. would be a little bit of a change definitely more control um but you know it's a great frame and then with the new lineup he could go with the 1619 305 yeah. and that would be pretty similar easy spin to the pure strike definitely more feel i think and has a really nice uh, comfort to it because of the the foam fill that it's got the foam inside oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. it really feels like a nice frame. I know I kind of gush about them, and then you know Chris used to use it. Some Michelle's like, I know I like I have like a blackout from that playtest time. I don't know. I was telling you the other day. It's like that was one of those times where either we were playtesting a ton of stuff, and I like keep forgetting that the sixteen nineteen was new to the family. The foam filled, but like the second you hit with it, you can feel it. Yeah. Like it feels really nice. Yeah. 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 That's a good idea. I think um, that might be, I mean, if you've got a demo order going, there you go. But, and then also he mentioned he tried the gravity pro. Yes. But I, I would say, yeah, it is kind of sluggish. You probably should have tried the gravity tour. tour. So maybe something else to consider too. Okay. Uh, this one, I like this one. This is from Anthony. He emailed us. He's been hitting with the pure drive rodic for a long time, and obviously that hits hits me in the heart. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to ask if there are any suggestions for demos because I'm on my second slash last pure drive rodic. Unfortunately, the <laughs> the first one got a crack in the frame over the years. I do enjoy a firmer feel and relatively high swing weight. Any tips or advice would be much appreciated. So pure drive erotic, right? Yes. Okay. And he didn't say whether it's standard or longer, right? He didn't. I think it was... Might be the standard. Standard. And I think we're talking... Yeah. It's been... I don't... I started emailing with him a little bit. I can't remember what year, the which pure drive erotic it was. Gotcha. And I, I mean, obviously the quick, easy one is like, have you tried the pure drive tour? Yeah. Do you feel like that has... The feel of that racket has changed over the years? A little bit. Um, I think now probably the string spacing is, mm -hmm. is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the current, is it the 20? Yeah, the, the current Pure Drive and the one right before the 18 and the 2021 yeah. both kind of had a little bit more spacing in the string yeah. pattern. And the older, um, back when I had the Rodic, it was just it was still a 1619, but just a little tighter. Kind of like yeah. how Arrow Pro Drive went to Pure Arrow. They right. kind of did the more openness. So that, that might be a little adaptation there. Uh, but basically he's looking for rackets that maybe transition from that. Yes. But similar. Similar. Um, anything comes to your mind? I, um, I know I had some. <laughs> well, they used to actually, I mean, oh. there, there, there used to be more of those kind of pure drive-ish frames that were with the heavier, like 310 or 315 spec. Right. And like Technofiber used to do a, T flash, 
in the 315, which now is like their TFX. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually like the TFX a lot um, for that kind of racket, but the heaviest they have is a 300. So I would have said if that wasn't a 315, that would have been like perfect. Oh, I I was saying, thinking maybe like a Radical Pro. Radical Pro could be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little, little different beam, a little thinner in the beam compared to the pure drive rotic, but definitely has that heft to it. And it still um, has a decent amount of power. It's not pure drive power, but yeah. it's a, it could be it's a nice. good transition yeah. for a little more feel. And I know you've always liked kind of like those older pure drives, those heavier ones mm -hmm. and the Radical Pro. Yeah. Um, maybe even Speed Pro, if you don't Speed mind Pro. a tighter string bed. Yeah, that might, yeah. But that's a, that's a little more drop off in power. I was also saying the E-Zone 2 or 98. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. you don't mind a 98 head size. Yeah. Um, a little softer feel, a little more comfort, but still packs a punch. And you'll get a little more precision from the 98 head. So it'd kind of be like erotic. Or go extended 100. E-Zone extended 100, done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> E-Zone extended 98 or 100. Done. But I feel like you maybe maybe have to just like tail weight it a little bit to get mm -hmm. that, that mass up closer to that spec. But it already has the high swing weight. Yeah. So those are great. The new Selenko um, Blackout or Blackout Extended. Yes. Coming soon. Yes. Um, those with a little bit of customization, I think, would be right in the wheelhouse. Yes. Um, and then another one, going back to Technofiber, it's kind of like more of that beam on the Radical Pro, but uh -huh. that uh, T-Fight RS315. Yes. That's, that's a pretty nice frame that kind of gets... Lost a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. The so. it's tough sometimes with the technofibers because they all like TF something, T fight, T, and then it's like they're all white. And I get, I'm, I'm blonde. It's, it's. Confusing. No, there's a lot. Yeah, they have a lot of very similar looking white rackets. Yeah, there, but a lot of really good quality ones too. Right. So yeah, yeah, those are some good ones to look at. Cool. Well, I think that's good for this episode. Thank you guys so much for asking I think we, us uh, I think these we nailed questions. It. <laughs> yeah, and thanks, Troy, for answering all these questions. And again, please keep engaging with us. We love chatting with you. And um, you can find us um, basically anywhere at Tennis Warehouse. Yeah. Um, but if you have a specific question, podcast at Tennis Warehouse podcast at tennis-warehouse.com i'll get the emails and we do our best to answer pretty fast and yeah. troy troy literally sits too close to me so if i can't answer it he's right there to help um and then everyone else on our team is always helping because some people are more familiar with certain products than others but yeah um and we're always we're always on youtube pretty much throughout the week so we're always on youtube and th this episode will probably go who knows when but we hit over a hundred thousand subscribers yay, yay thank you guys nice. so keep 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 engaging with us i yeah. don't know we have fun with it it just be nice and we're here to help you guys out and that's it so thanks so much for another awesome episode leave us your questions and happy hitting Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting. Happy hitting.